Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, if uh, you're new here and uh, you're just checking out church, I want to welcome you. Hopefully I'm not the first person to welcome you, but if so, welcome to church. We're so glad that you're here as a first-time guest checking some things out. Uh, We desperately and so desirely want you to feel welcome here, but also wanted here. And so hopefully it's not just something you saw as you walked in. Uh, but it's something that you can truly feel from the presence of our teams. And, and again, we're so thankful that you're here. We'd love to get a chance to, to meet you. My name is Will. I'm one of our pastors here and uh, honored to be able to teach to you today out of God's Word. And uh, we're in a series, a uh, three-part series. It's part three of a series called Expedition, where we're just taking these few weeks and kind of taking a, a viewpoint. We're kind of going 30,000 foot view all the way down to say 10,000 foot, really practical of the journey that every single one of us is on, a journey of knowing God, who God is. Like we got to continuously seek God, right? That was week one. It's like we have to be the ones who are ready to climb. And we got to find family. We got to re- recognize that like we're not in this thing alone and praise God for that. Like, we've got people that are around us, surrounding us, and hey, sometimes it's going to take some effort, though, for us to get into that space. And so finding family, getting connected in that way. Today, we're going to kind of mash in together, discovering our purpose as well as making a difference. We want to discover how we've been wired, but also what are we wired for. And so we're going to open up the Bible today. If you brought it with you, or you have it on your phone, or you just want to look at the screen, we're going to be in Matthew chapter uh, 25. We're going to start in verse 14. This is Jesus teaching in uh, the, the scriptures. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. If you look a few verses before this, there, you know, the disciples, people are asking him, like, what's the kingdom of God like? And so Jesus teaches in such a practical, simple way to help us understand what it's like. How many of you don't need anything else that's too complex? Amen. Just give me the easy stuff that I can run with. Come on, somebody. Like, like, that's my life right there. Like, let me, let me see that. And so Jesus teaches in these parables and these illustrations that he uses. So that way it's not like over your head, but it's in your head and into your heart and you can live that out. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, Jesus teaching. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to him. Again, about the kingdom of God. It says, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replies, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. Different amounts were given, 
but they get the actual same response. In verse 23, it says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. Fear causes you to do some stupid things. See, here is what belongs to you. He was given a different amount from the others, but he also did something different. He acted out of fear, and his response was this. His master replies, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that way, when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. As we continue in this expedition journey, I want to teach this morning out of the title, Faithful Over Wicked. Faithful Over Wicked. We saw three people on this journey, all received something. All had something given to them. Two of them were found faithful. One of them was found wicked. Faithful over wicked. Faithful over wicked. Today is going to be super practical. Like, in the 10 minutes after you leave today, I want you to be like, I can apply this to my life right here, right now. That's the the purpose. In fact, that's what I've loved so much about this serious expedition because in week one, like Pastor Colby got super practical about us getting ready to continue. Like we got to keep climbing. It's been super practical about finding family. Like, hey, it's time to get get connected. And today is going to be the same. I want us to be practical. I want this to be easy for us to to jump in and do something with what's been, been given although it's also going to take effort. It's going to take effort. It's going to take us to do something with it. And praise God for that. Like, praise God that we, ha- we, can, we can do something, and it's going to actually be a little bit of a, a challenge for us. And I just love the way that Pastor Colby has taught over these last few weeks, and, and, and just the way that he, not only the last few weeks, but the way that he leads and, and loves our, our staff and our teams and our, our church, you as a whole, this city, that like he leads in such a way that pulls the best out of us. Like I know for me personally, like pretty much all the best things in my life, he has pulled out of them and, and allowed it to, to flourish. And that's the way that he leads uh, our church um, and our staff. And it's just amazing to be a part of. In fact, it's his birthday weekend. Come on, can we just say what's up? Happy birthday, PC. Um, Don't look a day over 25. Come on, somebody, right? Who would have known? I'm actually older than him. Uh, How many of you know that trail maps, like if you know anything about trail maps, like they are there, even if you aren't a hiker, you probably know this, that trail maps show you the trail. Shows you like where you can start, where the trail will end. It'll show you some different things like elevation throughout the process. It kind of shows you where you could go. But just because you have the map doesn't mean you're there, right? Just because you know what could be ahead doesn't show you like 
what it's going to always be like. There's going to be some things in the way that are going to, to be there. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife Kelsey and I, actually, and Pastor Colby, he beat us. It's because he's younger. He beat us <laughs> in the beast on the bay. Yeah, come on. 10 miles running, uh, 30 obstacles. If you don't know what Beast in the Bay is, that's what that is, and it sounds just as exciting as that was, right? Like, <laughs> they build these obstacles to climb over to sort of try to swim, but I kind of flail like a fish because I'm not really actually good at swimming. Um, but to, to go through 30 obstacles that they build. By the way, they don't count running on sand as an obstacle, by the way, which is totally unfair. That's an obstacle. Running as a whole, that's also an obstacle for me. There was more than 30 obstacles that we had. But about a week or so before... Uh, we did the race. We got an email uh, that showed us the map. Hey, this is where you're going to start, way at the Coast Guard area, and this is where you're going to end, way down at Waldemere, which is like a 40-minute drive, right? Like, <laughs> and again, running, <laughs> like a good night. And so, and so they gives us the map, and they're so kind to also show you where, what obstacles are going to be there and where they were going to come. Now, knowing what the obstacles were ahead didn't make the obstacles any easier. Knowing that they were coming didn't make them, like, like, didn't make me more excited about Armageddon, right? Like, that was the name of one of them, right? I was still kind of like, really? Okay. It was coming, but knowing what was ahead allowed me to recognize that I can keep moving forward because I knew what was, was coming ahead. Those obstacles were meant to maybe slow me down from my running, but they were not meant to keep me there. They were meant for me to overcome them. I'm going to point out some obstacles that are in your life and in our lives that are in the way of you discovering your purpose and making a difference that are not meant to keep you there, but they're there to slow you, but you can overcome them. The enemy wants you to stay there. The enemy wants you to look at the obstacle that's ahead and retreat. This church, me, our, our lead pastor, we want you to overcome them. We want you to say, you know what, that may have slowed me down, but guess what, I'm coming right back up. Let's go. So there is going to be some obstacles in the journey ahead. And in fact, if you've lived for more than five seconds, you know that there are some obstacles that you've already overcome. There's some obstacles that you are overcoming. There are some obstacles that you don't even know you're stuck at. And so today I'm going to point out a few of these obstacles, just three of them, because I think these three really kind of encapsulate a lot of them, but I'm also going to give you three things that we've been given. Three things we've been given that will help us overcome these, these obstacles. Are you ready? The first obstacle that we, we see happen in our lives and in this journey is the obstacle of confusion. Confusion. What do I mean by that exactly? Confused. You see, in the story that we read, each of them have been given something. Five bags, two bags, one bag. The question is, what have you been given? Do you know what's been given to you? Like, do you know the gifts that you have? Do you know the abilities that you have? Are you aware of them? If you don't know what you have, how hard is it to do something with it? Like, if the master would have said, hey, like, 
here, like he puts five bags off to the side, talks to these people, comes back, and he's like, hey, like, what did you do with what I gave you? And you didn't even, like, they didn't know that they had any bags of gold in the first place. Pretty hard for them to do anything with it. Do you know what you've been given? Do you know what God has put inside of your life? Do you know the abilities that he has, has given you? Are you aware of them? If you aren't aware of them, let me just tell you that that is one of the, the reasons why we do Explore. It happens at 11.30. Next week's the best week for you to, to jump into it. Because not only are we to talk about the mission and the vision of this church and, and what we believe that we are called for and planted for in, in this city for a specific reason, but we stop that and we say, hey, let's talk about you. We want you to know what bag you've been given. We want you to know the, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given, but then we also want to show you what to do. So I want to encourage you, if you have not gone through that, hey, there's no better time than next week. You, you've waited long enough. Let me just say that. I've talked to some of you. It's like, I'll, I'll get there someday. Well, someday is next week. It's time to start. Why, why wait? Why not now? Why not now? But if you don't know, I want to give you, again, 10 minutes after this message, I want you to know something. I want you to be super practical. Let me give you four questions. And I've probably asked these of you and to you if we've connected for uh, any period of, of time uh, talking about purpose, talking about what God is doing in your life. Let me give you these four questions. They're not going to be on the screen, so write these down, type these in. The first question that I would ask you is this. What are you good at? What is it? Like, what are you good at? Do you know the things you're good at? Hey, if you don't know what you're good at because you're super critical of yourself and you're like, I'm not good at anything and I'm just in whatever, then you need to get around a small group of people that can tell you the things that you're good at. They can also tell you the things you're bad at, right? <laughs> right? Maybe sometimes you need to weed some of that out too, right? Like, hey, you actually aren't a great singer. <laughs> I know your mama told you that you're a great singer, but your mama loves you, but she lied to you too. <laughs> right? Like, you need somebody to be able to tell you, maybe, and to affirm to you what you're good at. What are you good at? That's a question that you can ask if you're confused about what God is doing and what he has given you. Let me ask you the second one is, what do you love? Like, what do you love? Like, like if somebody texted you after we left church today, what would fire you up about going to do blank? For me, if somebody texts me like, hey, you're going to go play golf? I'm like, let's do it. Sounds awesome. Like, that fires me up. Can we talk about, like, you know, personal finance? And I'm struggling with debts and things like that. I'm like, that fires me up. Let's, let's talk about it. I want to help you, right? Like, what do you, do you love? Like, what, what just wakes you up and gets you so fired up when that happens? When, like, that day comes, you're going to go do that thing. Let me pull it off of you a little bit and look outward. What does the world need? That's question three. What does the world need? Maybe that's too big for you to think. What does the city need? Maybe that's too big for you to think. What does your family need? By answering this question, you are going to see what God wants you to see in the people around you. It allows you to see that divine guidance that you can have, like the vision for maybe a, a help that you can help, a need that you can, can fill. What does the world need, your, your family, the city and then let me ask you the fourth question. It's this, is what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Would you start that business? Would you write that book? W would you, you know, move somewhere? Would you stay somewhere? Like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? 
Because if you're anything like me, sometimes when risk of failure comes up, I, I have a, I'm, I'm working through my a, a, like perfectionism kind of aspect of life that I, I sometimes want to stop things because I can't make it perfect. But I believe what, the God, what God has revealed to me is that sometimes I need to, to fail at things. And hey, that's okay. And I can do things and it's just not going to be perfect. But as long as I fail, forward. But for most of us, we see risk. We see things that I could potentially fail, fail at and we, we back up. And, and we say, no, nah, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to let somebody else start that business, that idea that I had. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? This, those things, like maybe you, 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 two of those things kind of intertwine or, or three of those intertwine, or maybe it's four of them that are all together. That's going to give you a, a guideline, a little vision for maybe what your purpose is in your life. And that vision is going to give you direction. And your direction's like the, the, the trail, right, that you're running on, the, the map that you're running. You still got to take the steps. Just because you know what's ahead doesn't mean you actually got to what's ahead. You got to keep moving forward. Maybe you, you know the answer to that question. Maybe the obstacle that you're faced is the obstacle of comparison. Too much time on social media. Looking at everybody else's blessing. Looking at how many bags of gold they got and how many you got. Looking at what somebody else was given and their vacation was this or this person in the workplace got this extra day off or, and that extra day off and where's mine and, and, what, and just comparing all the things around us. But what was interesting is that the person with two bags and the person with five bags both got the same response. It wasn't about the amount that was given. It was about what was done with the amount. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few. He even said few. The one had more than double the other one. And they both were considered few. Comparison. And, and, and we just need to sacrifice comparison on the altar of faithfulness. I'm not going to look around at everybody else around me. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. God has called me here to place me here. Well, this is what I'm going to do then. If he calls me somewhere else, well, then I guess I'm going there but I'm not going to be so focused in on it. Look, comparison will always have you saying somebody else has got more and sometimes somebody else has got less and so of course they can do that or whatever it may be. And you can fill the gap in of, of what they have, but it's just an excuse and an excuse is not a good strategy. And the rest of your life, you're going to live there and be like, man, I wish I would have, but I was too busy watching everybody else. Comparison is an obstacle that we can overcome. We can we just need to look at what God has given us and do something with it. The next obstacle I want to give you is, is the obstacle that's comfortable. Some of you are just comfortable. And I'm not talking like the padding on your seat or on your couch if you're watching online. Like, you're just, you're comfortable. Why step out on faith? That, that question of what would you do if you couldn't fail, like that right there irritates you because you're like, no, that would mean I have to actually do something. And I'd rather just sit and watch. What, you're, you're too comfortable. We can't have, be seeking our calling and living in comfort. It doesn't work. We need to, to be ready to move. Laziness and procrastination are some of the biggest purpose killers of our lives today because we're just afraid to do something and we just would rather sit. Somebody else will take care of it though, right? Someday I'll go do that, right? Someday it doesn't ever come. Sometimes somebody doesn't ever come. But God's given you the vision to do something. But you're just waiting for somebody else to fill the gap. 
comfortable. We're, we're, we're too comfortable. You see, what's interesting about this uh, obstacle of, of comfort is we have to just, like, start moving. How do you overcome that? You just keep moving. Like in, in the scripture, Matthew 25 and verse 16, it says the man who received five bags of gold, what did he do? He went at once. He didn't wait for the perfect day. He didn't wait for the weather to be just right. The wind was at the, just the right speed, right? Like the birds were chirping. He just went at once and did something. Got up off his rear and kept moving. The guy with two, same thing. It says, so also, the one with two bags gained two more. Like they just, they put it to work. They said, enough's enough. I'm not waiting around anymore. Like I've been given something. I could do something with what's been, been given. So many of us are, are praying for things to change, maybe in our families, in our, our city, whatever it may be, but maybe that thing that we need to pray for is what we need to stand up and get into. Sometimes we just need to stop praying and start moving because God's heard our prayer. And he's like, yeah. I put on your heart. Get moving. Yes. Sometimes we just need to be challenged a little bit. It's one of the reasons why I did the Beast in the Bay. I just needed to be challenged again. I had ankle surgery last year, and it could have been easy to be like, oh, I'm still not quite recovered. No, I'm recovered. Get up and move. Like, it's time to just, just go. I look back at the, the best moments of my life. Almost none of them were happening because I was sitting, waiting. I was born wasn't sitting. Like, I wasn't sitting during that moment. That's a great moment in my life. Like, I got, was learning how to ride a bicycle. I was sitting on the bicycle, but I was moving. I was putting effort in. Hey, I stood, like, right around this area and, and got married. Guess what? I stood up and I did some things. I'm preaching to you right now. We're moving. Things are happening. The question is, are we ready to stay stuck and we just want to sit in comfort? And I, as I say that, I think the only thing that, that I've been sitting and I like witnessed happen, like amazing in my life, was um, the birth of my daughter. They told me to sit in this orange chair. Like when I walked into the operating room, they're like, do not move. We don't want to take care of you and them. I'm like, that seems wise. I'll listen. And then they were like, hey, it's time to go. Well, I wasn't just sitting there still. It was like, all right, it's time to go. I'm going to get up. Let's move. And I got to, to witness and be a part of the miracle. The question that is to be asked of you is, will you participate in the miracle working that God is doing? Will you participate? I was talking with a really good friend this past week, and he said something so interesting and so profound to me. He said that the thing that he notices people struggle with is that they put Jesus in the same category as football. Sunday brunch, your plans on the weekend, whatever it may be. Jesus needs to be set apart. Hey, when, what are you doing next weekend? I'm going to church. I'm serving at church. I'm a part of what God's doing. Oh yeah, and we're going to get breakfast on Saturday though, but it's fine. Like, or I'm playing golf on this other day, it's fine. But like, I'm, I'm starting there. But sometimes we are so comfortable, we want to, you know, change our schedules around for the things, but we don't change our schedule around for, for Jesus. How often will we, like, I'm going to pick that service time because my team is playing at, really? What if we said, you know what, I'm going to go to church because that's where God wants me to go, and I'll check the box score later if I missed it. Your fantasy team will be okay. It's a mindset shift. It's a mindset shift. 
And I know the question is, okay, oh, great, 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 great. Like, what, what am I supposed to, to do? And I think for most people, they, they tie that question to a specific role or task or, or location where they should be. And I get that. But like, maybe it is a specific role, but what happens if you get fired the next day? Does that mean your purpose is gone? It's not true. You still have a purpose and a calling of what God is doing in and through your life. Actually, in Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, pretty wide and broad, broad, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. When you serve people through the church, when you serve people through maybe partnerships that we have in the community, you are not serving Pastor Colby. You are not serving me. You are not serving somebody else. You are serving God. You are not serving that, that mission or that thing. You are serving the mission of God. Not human masters. It says, since you know that you will receive inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Mindset needs to change. This task isn't for people. This task is for the Lord. So how hard would you go if you knew that Jesus was on the other end of what you were doing? Because in fact, Jesus is on the other end of what you are doing. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And I know the question could be, well, well, I'm not in full-time ministry, and if I was in full-time ministry, then I'd be able to do it. But if I read the Old Testament, and I've done it numerous times, I see the 12 tribes of Israel, and only one of them was actually considered full-time ministry. One out of the 12. But guess what? All 12 had a specific purpose and a specific mission for what they were supposed to do to continue God's plan. 12 out of 12. So you don't need to be in full-time ministry to do ministry. Whatever you do, recognize that if you are a follower of Christ, I know that's not every single person in this room, but if you have called on Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life, and that is you, then whatever room that you walk into, whatever department that you are in, whatever Burger King you work at, whatever doctor's office it is, the Spirit of God is walking in with you. And so if you recognize that, then can you capitalize on that? You are not just somebody. You are somebody with a purpose. And the Spirit of God is with you in every single one of those moments. But will you recognize that purpose is associated directly with your potential? And potential is only recognized when it's released. A wrecking ball seems really powerful. But if it's just sitting there, it's not powerful. A wrecking ball pulled back, like as far back as you want to go, that seems like it's pretty powerful. But that, it's not powerful. How do you know and how do you see the powerfulness of the wrecking ball? It's when it's released. How do you see the purpose and the potential in your life to its greatness? It's when it's released. If you just sit there holding on, I'm just holding on, holding on, holding on. God says release. Release. Accepting the gift that's been given. We can't compare. We just use with what's, what we've been given. So let's talk through this. What have we been given? Yes, there's those specific things and the ways you can discover it. But I want to give you three areas I know for sure, without a doubt, every single one of us has. The first one is this. It's time. I don't know how much time, but I do know that if you are sitting here and you can hear me, you have time. It could be five minutes. It could be five years. It could be 500 years. I have no idea what your time allotment is. 
but you have time. The question is, will you make the time count? Will you sit in convenience or will you say, I'm going to get up at once and do something about this? The guy with five, five bags and the guy with two bags, he said, nope, time is now. You've got, you've got time. Make the most of the opportunities that you've been, been given every single moment. Handshake, smile, whatever it may be, it's recognizing that time. You've got treasure. It's the second one. You've got a treasure. Yes, that means money. But that also means your closet full of stuff that you don't know what to wear, but it's so full. Right? Like, we all have got that. Garage full of stuff. Basement full of things. It's treasure. We're storing it up. For what? But I need the iPhone 6 that I saved for the last 15 years just in case my iPhone 85 goes away. I might go back to this thing that's like this big and has buttons on it. Right? Like we've got stuff. I know it's a, a little bit of a joke, but honestly, you're going to pull into your garage, you're going to walk into your basement, you're going to open up your closet, and you're going to be like, hmm, but I don't know what to wear. But I got all these clothes. But you got treasure. You've also got money. That's part of your treasure as well. What have you been given? Five bags, two bags, one bag? I don't know. That's why we talk about the journey of giving. Like, there's a spiritual journey for us as we're on it, but we have a journey of giving, of being a faith builder, a, a house builder, a kingdom builder. We've all been given something. Each of us has something. And we can enter into the journey and as we talk about giving. And here's what I would just say, and, and, and I know Gilson's going to come out in a few minutes. She's going to say probably the exact same thing. Just ask God but then do whatever he says. How much do I give? Well, do I tithe? Do I do, do, I do 5%? Do I do 15%? Do I do 40 bucks? Just ask God and do whatever he says. God wants you to be a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. Ask God, do what he says. Each of them had something. One had five, one had two, one had one. Each of us has something. We've got treasure. We've got things that we can use to bless other people to bless other people. We've got talents. It's the last one. When you answer those questions like, hey, what do you, what do you love doing? What, what, do you, what are you good at? Hey, what is it? Like, maybe you're, you love yard work and you're really good at it, like trimming and stuff. Well, maybe trim your neighbor's yard. Maybe edge their yard. Maybe you're a really great cook. Well, don't just cook for you. Maybe invite somebody over to share in the cook. Right, bake that cake like a boss and invite somebody over. I know it tastes really good, and you're like, ooh, this is really good. But invite somebody over to share in the blessing that God has given you, the skill set. Some of you are super good. Like, we have a team, like, when there's, like, Christmas and stuff of like that, we're building all this stuff. Like, I'm trying to figure out what, like, screw to use, and they're, like, halfway done. They're like, oh, no, you just do it like this, boom, boom, boom. Like, you've been given a skill set. You've been given a talent. What is it? And can you use it to reach people? Can you use it to make a difference? Can you use the, the knowledge base that you have? Listen, all three of these things are all intertwined. 
meaning all of them are at play in every moment of our lives. And I know sometimes, like, I've heard and had conversations with people, well, Will, I, you know, I don't, I don't give financially because I tithe my time. And, and that's not accurate. You can't tithe your time. That's using scripture to justify your own disobedience. And that's, that's not right. You can't do that. Could you imagine? Like, just, let's just play this out. I tell my wife, hey, Kelsey, I'm going to make all this money. I'm not going to give you any of it. I'm going to give you 10% of my time, though. <laughs> we have a great marriage because I give you 10% of my time, but nothing else. How, right? Like, we can laugh at it, but how many of us operate with God in the same way? How many of us are just so holding on to things, whatever? God wants it all. He wants all of our time. He wants all of our treasure. He wants all of our, our talent. In fact, he's the one who gave it to us in the first place. So he has given it to us. And I know there are seasons, like for me, if I can just be real, this morning there are seasons where I get tired of serving, where I'm just like, man, somebody else will do it. Like, I've been going and going and going and, and all these things, and I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, man, do I really need to? Do we really have to go out one more time? Do we really have to go do this one more thing? And sometimes I just like, I want to like sit and just be like, oh, take a deep breath. And sometimes I sit there, and, but every single time the Lord, <laughs> in his humor, but in his love, he says, you want to love me? Yeah, yeah, I do, God. Hey, serve my people. Serve my people. I know some of us that are in the room, we used to serve. We used to be on the team, but not anymore. Somebody else is doing that now. The question is, why not you and why not now? You used to experience God's goodness in serving is really what you're saying. But you don't want to experience God's goodness anymore. You used to be a part of the team. You used to be a part of, well, I used to do a lot of things too, and I'm glad God saved me from that. And so I'm going to fail, for, I'm going to go forward with everything. So I'm going to challenge you and say, hey, get on the team. Time to get back up. Get up off the chair and let's go. Sign up to serve. Sign up on our website to serve. Be a part of the team. And it's a, a wake-up call to recognize that as we make a difference, the city is different. Hey, as you make a difference, your family is different. As you make a difference, you are different. God does something amazing through it all. He comes and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And even specifically here with our teams, I don't know if you know this, but across the entire ministry, kids ministry, youth ministry, whatever it may be. We have about 340 to 350 serve team volunteers that put this whole thing on, like make this happen, week in and week out. And I, that sounds like a lot, and hey, it is. And it's amazing. If you're on our team, you know how much we love you, how much we appreciate you. We just partied a few weeks ago, and it got wild, right? Like it was a good time. But can I tell you that that number, 340, 350, is about half capacity? Maybe. Maybe half capacity. Which means there's plenty of opportunity to jump in. 
And I know sometimes you walk in, you're like, yeah, well, there's always people at the door. There's always somebody making coffee. There's always somebody in the kids area. There's always somebody. Yeah, there is always somebody, but there's also you too. You notice that every time you see somebody else doing something, you're also in that same situation? (laughs) Every time. It's amazing. You can jump in and be a part of the team. In fact, that's what we're called to do, to love God and to serve his, his people. And you're going to see some things over the next week, few weeks, amazing that you get a chance to be a part of with giving out blankets and giving out boots and, and our huge partnership with the Erie City Mission and these other organizations. You will see a season of serving through this church like you have never seen before. At the end of the year, we're going to celebrate it. Look what God did. Look all this amazing thing. And you're going to either sit there and you're going to have two different responses. Either one, man, I wish I was a part of that. Or two, man, I'm so glad I was a part of that. I'm so glad I stepped up in that moment. I didn't wait around any longer. And I just did it. I just did it. As we close, I want to just point out something that I've noticed in my life, and, and, and maybe this is true for you. In fact, would you stand with me? You don't need to write this down. I want this to, I, I want you just to recognize this in the moment, is that God never, zero times has God ever had a problem getting anything to me. And I don't know what you've been given, But God has zero problem getting anything to you. Zero. The challenge is can God get something through you? Can he he get something, can he get something through me? To to bless other people with, to, to see a need and to fill a need. Hey, God has needs. He needs his people to be served. That's within the church. That's outside of these walls. That's in our our city and beyond. He has a need. Can we fill it? In this moment of prayer, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we get ready to enter into this time of worship and to respond with what God is doing in our lives and just want you to take this moment and just figure out what your hang-up is. What's keeping you back? What is holding you back? What is the thing that's, what's the obstacle that you've retreated from? But you know right here, right now that the Lord needs you to overcome. What has God given to you that he wants to use through you? So, Father, right now in this moment of prayer, we recognize your presence. We recognize what you're doing. We recognize the things that you've given us. We thank you for illuminating the things that you've given us, God, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, our time, our treasure, God. And, Father, I pray that that revelation wouldn't just be good knowledge, but it would be something that we can take action with. God, that we can step up and step out and not stay comfortable anymore, God, not looking left and right at what all these other people are doing, God, but we can go forward with where you've called us to be. Father, right now, even as we pray, I know there are those that are in this room that do not know who you are. They've never 
receive this relationship with you. And so that's a, a challenge for them. Thank you for providing a way to overcome that. Through your son, Jesus, who lived a perfect and sinless life, who died a criminal's death on the cross, and as his blood was shed, it paid for our sins, past, present, and future. Thank you for that ability to overcome. And then three days later, when he was risen to new life, God, you've overcame death. It was no longer going to hold him anymore, and so it doesn't have to hold us. But that happens as we say yes to your son, Jesus, believing who he is and what he did by faith. And so, Father, as we pray, God, I pray for those that are in this room that are saying yes to overcome death, to live in this eternal life, God, that you give us through your son, Jesus. Father, I pray that as we worship, that their response would just be yes. Just to say yes to you, to believe in you. So, Father, we thank you, we love you, we worship you. We give you the glory, and it's in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.